Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecallendershow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Alrighty, so a few weeks ago, a uh, Republican political group sent out a flyer in an attempt to warn Huntersville voters before the November 7th election about dangerous Democrat activists trying to take over town hall. That's pretty scary. It does sound pretty scary. North Carolina Republican group injects hot button national issues into Huntersville election. That's the headline. In a piece by Evan Moore, or is it even more? Even more? Evan Moore. Yeah, Evan Moore. Okay. The Huntersville election doesn't put party affiliation on the ballot. So once again, another nonpartisan race. But the group listed as sending the flyers, a group called Citizens for North Carolina, has injected national hot-button issues into a local race via a mailer that got sent to voters. It makes claims about a candidate's stance on abortion, diversity and inclusion, and gender-affirming care for minors. Gender-affirming. Okay. One candidate refuted the claims, while others said they contained some truth. The mailer from the Citizens for North Carolina Political Action Committee says, don't be fooled by some of the candidates for local government. They're not just Democrats. They're liberal activists trying to take over town hall. They're focused on making social statements and virtue signaling rather than managing our town. Their out-of-touch agenda would raise our taxes, make us less safe, and increase government control over our lives. Here's here's uh, just... Uh, a little rule of thumb for you, okay? In these nonpartisan races, uh, go look up the candidates. And by the way, this works also on uh, social media. You look up people's uh, bio, look at their profile. And if they have pronouns, if they list their pronouns in their bio on social media, or if you go to a candidate's website and they list their pronouns on their website, then you know what you're getting, okay? You, you, know, you know what kind of an, an activist that is. And if elected to a position of power, they're, go, they're going to be a grenade under the table. That's what you're getting. Who are the candidates? There's a mayoral candidate, Christy Clark, looking to ban all the koozies. Alicia Bergsman. Amanda Dumas, uh, sorry, Dum- Dumas, Dumas, yeah, probably Dumas. Amanda Dumas and Jennifer Hunt. All right, so we got four different candidates here. So the observer is going to let us know here, uh, going to walk us through who is Citizens for North Carolina. Well, it's a uh, political action committee. It was created in 2016. It spent money to support Republican candidates. It hired Raleigh-based firm CMNCO which often works with GOP candidates. 
Its treasurer is a Republican attorney. Mm. Okay, it's gotten some money from Republicans. Mm. Okay, all righty. So, sounds like a Republican outfit that is uh, funding mailers against leftist activists running for town hall in Huntersville. All right, good. Next up, who are these candidates? First, Christy Clark. The card that came out uh, went to everyone's mailboxes claims that Christy Clark is, quote, an anti-gun activist who supports abortion up to the moment of birth. Clark said those statements have no basis in fact. Okay. She says she's never been anti-gun in her entire life. She's an advocate for gun safety. See? Big difference. Big difference. Flashback. June 21st, 2022. Headline. Grocery store yanking items with political packaging. Prompts boycott calls. Newsweek.com. Quote. Social media users are upset and vowing to boycott Harris Teeter and Kroger after one store agreed to and the other said they'd consider removing two items from the shelves. What were the two items? You remember? Koozies. One of the koozies said um, it it shows a, a bald eagle holding a gun. Remember? The bald eagle flying and it had the gun in its talons, right? Which is, like, that's totally not proper, uh, proper gun safety handling. Just as a heads up there, I do not recommend flying with the gun in your talons. I mean, like, you got no downside ability there. It's just not helpful. Not sure how you would aim that at, like, a 90-degree perpendicular angle. It's just, it's not ideal. But, um... This, it's, and it's like a painting or whatever, like an airbrush image logo on a koozie. And that was one of them, a bald eagle holding a gun, and it says, give me liberty or give me death. And I'm not sure you're aware of that. This phrase is from the American Revolution when, they, when, when uh, the founders really, really wanted liberty. And they were willing to die for it. And so they said that, give me liberty or give me death. And it's, the, the, the sentence has hung around for, you know, 250 plus years now because uh you know it it signifies the value of liberty what it means to our society we value it even more than our own lives liberty freedom this is the animating idea behind america and the uh, and the bald eagle is the american symbol um and the gun through the second amendment is how you protect your liberties right that's how that works thank you for coming to my ted talk um, so she was very upset about that. Who's she? Christy Clark. Christy Clark, who now wants to be the mayor of Huntersville. She got very upset about this, uh, about this koozie. She was also, uh, uh, very upset about another koozie that shows an individual holding a military style assault rifle. Okay. It said, all right. And it says arms change rights don't arms change rights don't and she didn't like that she was triggered no pun intended she was very upset and so she started a little cancel campaign she you know 
virtue signaling. Let everybody know that she cares more about people dying than you do. She's superior, right? She is morally superior. I'm going to preen for all to show my ethics that I am a better person because I want somebody to do something. I don't know what it is. If I do, I don't want to say it because it's politically unpopular, but I want somebody to do something. And so she sends out the pictures, and Harris Teeter bends the knee immediately. Harris Teeter's like, oh, we're so sorry, Democratic candidate for a state house. So sorry, so sorry. We'll take these, we'll take these terrible koozies off the shelf so no one has to see anybody else's opinions based on the foundation of our society. Right. Harris Teeter and Kroger immediately responded to her request, thanking her, mentioning that a recall request had already been initiated and that these items are being removed from all store locations. Kroger also thanked Christy Clark for her message and indicated that it would tell our leadership about your request. <gasps> Thank you for acknowledging my ethical superiority. I'm doing something. I'm changing things. Totally not anti-gun, though. You could see, right? Why would you consider her to be anti-gun when she simply staged a one-person cancel campaign against koozies that showed guns? Right? Why would you call that anti-gun? Duh. As for the uh, abortion up to the moment of birth, well, uh, she was given the opportunity to respond, and she said... Um, to do, 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 do that, uh, those statements, uh, no basis. In fact, abortion up to the moment of birth would be considered murder uh, to some people. But see, here's a great opportunity for a question out on the campaign trail. Maybe somebody could ask her, when do you support the cap on abortions? Like at, at what week should that cap be there? And I'll even give you exceptions for rape and incest, life of the mother, not health, life, life of the mother. When's the cutoff? And that, but she doesn't say here, right? She says that abortion up to the moment of birth would be considered murder, but she doesn't say whether she supports that or not. And in fact, the observer doesn't even give a full quote. They just say, quote, abortion up to the moment of birth, end quote. So I don't even know what she said. She just said those words, abortion up to the moment of birth, but I don't know what she actually said and what she supports or not. She doesn't actually say whether she supported or not, she just makes this she just makes this assertion that it would be considered murder. Well, by whom? By the law, but not you. Like what? She doesn't answer. She is a former state representative for the North Carolina House District ninety eight, and said this isn't the first time Republicans have used false claims to try to disrupt her campaign. Mm-hmm. Again, didn't he, didn't see anything in the mailer that was false about Christy Clark. But what do I know? I'm just a radio host. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. 
Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? The Charlotte Observer telling us the story here about uh, the North Carolina Republican group injecting hot-button issues, national issues, into Huntersville's town election. How dare they? By the way, this has been going on for a while. The injection of national politics into the local, like it used to be all politics or local, you know, that old saying. But over the last 10 years, 15 years or so, uh, the national stuff has started becoming more of a driver down ballot. And uh, the, you know, candidates know this and the observer knows this. And, and, and these candidates know this. They do it too, right? They could be running for stuff and they're using state issues that are hot button issues, whatever. The mailer oh, apparently misspells Alicia Bergsman's name. Can't imagine why. Um, oh, I kid. Hey, I say that as somebody with the last name Calendar. You telling me like I I am allowed to make fun of mispronounced names and misspelled names. Uh, nobody gets mine right. Anyway, um, claims uh, the mailer claims that uh, Bergsman is a quote lifelong liberal activist focused on diversity, inclusion, and equity, which isn't a bad thing. She said. <laughs> Wait, how is this a national issue? Why is this a national issue that the Observer thinks is getting injected into the Huntersville town race? She says it's not a bad thing. Oh, by the way, she says, I feel it's important to look at things through an equity lens. Not a national issue anymore, Observer. That is a local issue now, don't you think? If the candidate has spent a lifetime looking at things through an equity lens and intends to do it on the the uh, town board, then I think that's probably a local issue. That's not a national issue. It's a local issue. All right. So, so far, 0 for 2, sounds like. Let's go to Amanda Dumas. The mailer claims she supports, quote, gender affirming. I'm doing the quotes around that one. The observer, of course, does not because it's carrying the water for the leftist uh, church of wokeism. Uh, gender affirming care for minors. Okay. Now, if the name sounds familiar, Amanda Dumas, if you are wondering why that name sounds familiar, it's because the Charlotte Observer itself did a massive spread on this woman. Okay, and that didn't sound good. All right. They did a big story on this woman and her family. And I wonder if if that convinced her or she's parlaying all of that coverage and that activism into a run for town board. That's what it seems like to me, but I don't know for sure. But that's what it seems like. So it claims she is, uh, uh, she supports trans surgeries, puberty blockers, that sort of stuff. And here's her response, quote, I am an LGBTQ advocate and I have been back and forth to Raleigh speaking on this with my husband many times this year. Okay, so that's true, too. Okay, good. All right, uh, that's uh, apparently 0 for 3. Uh, right, because they're, uh, they've got a kid who's transing. And that, that was what the story was about. 
That is not okay. Uh, she's talking about the legislation up in Raleigh when she was going back and forth. Um, Dumas says she realizes she won't have the ability to change laws at the state level, yet it being a town board and all, but the new laws affect her family and led her to run for local office. Right, so the state laws prompted her to run at a local level where she would be unable to do any kind of issues or policy. Well, that Because that makes sense, right? Or maybe she does intend to use her views on that subject in order to affect change at the town level. She says she's not trying to turn the town gay. Okay, well, that's not the accusation either. It almost seems like you're, you're, you're approaching this in bad faith. Finally, Jennifer Hunt. The mailer claims Hunt is a radical environmentalist whose top priorities are pollinator habitats and increasing biodiversity. She said, quote, my website has a lot of information about how I care about environmental stewardship. But she would never refer to herself as a radical environmentalist. Her website says uh, that she wants to enhance green spaces, greenways, and, uh, with bee and other pollinator habitats, which increase biodiversity, adding recycling and compost bins in public spaces, and implementing a town compost program to cut down on food waste. Okay, so 0 for 4. That's some good work, guys. Sounds like the mailer... Nailed it. Sounds like that to me. Uh, and I got some of the. I'll, I will get to some of the messages in a moment. First, let's get over here and get Robert onto the program. Hello, Robert. Hey, Pete. Hey. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure you're aware. Uh, the longtime political watcher. There are a couple of uh, numbers that you will never hear from a liberal or a progressive or a leftist. The, one of those numbers is how much should should earners be allowed to keep when you hear the argument well you must pay your fair share so what what is my fair share they you will never hear a number of how much uh earners should be allowed to keep yeah the other number that you'll never that you'll never hear is at what point should an abortion be deemed illegal or barbaric etc you'll never hear that number from a liberal either Mm -hmm. they will say they'll fall back from the position of well that's between a woman and her doctor, even though they believe, most of them believe, that uh, abortion should be allowed up until the time of birth, which, which of course, is barbaric. So there are a couple others. Um, your fair share your, uh, is exactly right. The abortion uh, limit is also correct. Uh, how about this one? Uh, teacher pay. Like, what's the optimal teacher pay? What's the number? Tell me what the number needs to be. And you usually just get something like, oh, the national average or more. Same thing with per-pupil funding for K-12 education. What is the optimal amount of money that we need to spend to educate all the kids? And they they always just say more. Yeah, they, they never... And here's why. Because if you start to define, then you start to divide, right? If you can, if you can speak in the generalities then you can hold a coalition of people together because they all have different ideas in their own head about what is the generality that that they are joining you in, right? But as soon as you start putting a a, a definition onto something and saying, no, 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 when I say abortion on demand, I mean like halfway out the birth canal. Like that's like, and then people in your coalition, they may start saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I, I, I don't agree with that, right? And then you start dividing. That's why... They speak in the generalities. They don't want to define because then they end up dividing. At, I mean, I'm talking at like at a at, at a level where the people understand how to do the messaging. There are a lot of people underneath that uh, at the bottom of that pyramid, 
and they don't they, they've not paid it any thought because particularly on the abortion issue right it's it's an easy position to take it takes nothing all you got to say is i'm for a woman's right to choose and that's it and then you get you get access into the polite societies right into the cool crowd you're one of them you're you have the right opinion all you have to say is woman's right to choose and boom you're in and so it's an easy it's the easiest position to take that's why it happens yeah, Robert, I appreciate the call, man. That's um, I don't know that it, it's um, it's an oddity when you run across somebody that is in the discussion that is willing to give you the number for the abortion debate. I don't even go with the uh, I don't even go with gestational period. I go with when do rights obtain? That's the number I seek. When do the fetal rights obtain? That that baby growing in the womb. When does when does that be? When does that uh, baby, that fetus, whatever you choose, and I, I let them choose whatever language they want. When do the human rights, when do their rights obtain? When do they start? Because it's it's not about when does life begin. That's actually settled. Life begins at conception. So now we're just talking about when do the rights obtain? Because once that fetus has rights, then you can't violate those rights. See? Um, let's see here. This is uh, Jason. Pete, this goes to my thoughts on, oh, regarding, this is from, uh, regarding the school board. Uh, They made these seats nonpartisan so they could sneak in, and now the roles have reversed. The Democrats do not care about democracy. They do not care about justice. They do not care about fairness. They do not care about equality or even equity or any of the other terms or catchphrases. What they care about is getting their way. Right. Well, in a word, power. Because that's what Marxism is, by the way. And even people were like, oh, I'm not a Marxist. I'm just a liberal. I'm a moderate, you know, whatever. But the philosophy of Marxism is infused in all of these ideas on the left, which is all about power. That's it. Marxism views everything through these power dynamics. Who has it? Who's trying to get it? That's it. And so this is why. It's it's the it's the funniest thing. So after working in Charlotte for as long as I did um, from. Well, I mean, I I went to school at Winthrop. Graduated 97, started working for the uh, uh, NPR affiliate, then started working. But I was behind the scenes. I was mailing people coffee mugs, but I was listening to NPR every day because I was working for the station. Then. Uh, I couldn't get an on-air job there, so I went down and worked at a station in Rock Hill. And started, and that's how I started doing news and that sort of thing. Then came up to BT in 1999, 2000. Y2K, we, was all, we were all very scared. Um, and uh, so I started working at BT and in the newsroom. And then over the next decade, uh, you know, covering city council, county commission, school board races and such. And you get to hear a lot of different arguments for different things that are process that are that are really in the weeds esoteric kinds of things stuff like do we want district elections or do we want at large elections right and in charlotte uh for example the city council is a partisan board so there's d's and r's next to everybody's names you got four at large seats and seven district seats so then i go to work in Asheville, and their city council is um, let's see if I remember correctly. It's all at large and they stagger their terms and it's all quote nonpartisan. 
So they don't put D's and R's on the on the ballot, and everybody goes into sort of a, a sort of a jungle primary they call it, where you got three open seats and like whoever gets the most top six finishers they go into or votainers top six go into the general whoever finishes their top three they win because there are only or yeah there are three sorry there are six city council seats all at large no districts and one mayor's race okay so what does that mean so they've effectively created a system there where the local party the democrat party controls who gets through the primary because they have the numbers to do so. And they fought districts. They demanded that all of the seats remain elected at large. They do not want district representation, even though districts are correlated. When you have a city with a district system that correlates to greater focus on um, operational issues. On, on the nuts and bolts of what a city council is supposed to be doing, filling potholes, right, doing sidewalk repairs, whatever. They have a system that is rigged to keep them in place. And the arguments that they made against districts, the arguments that they made against putting D's and R's on the ballot, were the complete opposite from when I came back here to Charlotte again and had heard prior, was when I was here before, was why we need to have the D's and R's on the ballot and this time around, why we need to keep at-large seats, not those at-large seats, maybe add some more districts, right? They make, the, they make the exact opposite arguments, and then they make different arguments at the state level. Redistricting and gerrymandering, and you're drawing yourself your own districts, which the city council did here, right? They, they make whatever argument is necessary at whatever point is necessary. Why? To gain them the most amount of power. Because the philosophy is about power dynamics. That's all that matters. You can't do anything. And this is why, by the way, once the left takes control of a, uh, of a body, whether it's uh, city or county or state or, or national, doesn't matter, right? They, they run as far and as fast as they can. They push as much through as they can. And they will then get thrown out. But the stuff is on the books. That's all that matters. They got what they wanted. They know they're in it for the long haul. They know that the, the fight is never going to end. The revolution never ends. They're all, you're always in a constant state of revolution, right? Utopia is never achieved. So you're always tearing down and reconstructing. This is, again, this is all core to the philosophy. Even if the people who are doing it don't know it. The people who are in charge... Right, the people who are running your operations, running the messaging, you know, they do. They understand all of this. Um, sorry, let me go back to the uh, email. I got way down that way down that rabbit hole. Um, do, 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 what uh, what they care about is getting their way, and they might not get their way on the school board this year. Commence freakout mode. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh gosh, if the bond goes down. What's it? Uh, it's like a, I think, a, what, a $14 trillion bond, I think is what they're asking for. I kid. It's not that much. That's not that much. Um, Jan says uh, about the unity slate running for school board, uh, their, uh, their rhetoric actually makes sense. Uh, please keep in mind the folks that are trying to paint the unity trio as conservative 
are the same people who are screaming and crying that CNN has become a right-wing propaganda machine because they moved from the hard left to the center left. Because <laughs> right? CNN, right, if CNN is not towing the, the radical left position, then that means they're fascists. I don't understand why they got so reactionary right-wing. Basically, basically, if you are not to the left of now, you're a right-wing fascist in these people's eyes. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, what, the Overton window? Um, all right, I got a couple of messages here. Uh, first up, uh, on the abortion issue, Bill says, Pete, how about asking liberals, when does murder begin? See, Bill, that's not, I appreciate the sentiment, but that doesn't, like, if you're going to have a productive conversation, that's not, that's not going to get you there, right? If you're actually trying to persuade somebody, that's not going to, that's not going to get you anywhere. So you have to reframe the debate. Because that all that's going to do is is make them try to deny that they're for murder, and you're going to argue it is murder, and then you're going to go around and around and around about murder, not murder, murder, not murder, and then you're going to get back to what? When does life begin? And then you're going to get talking about weeks of gestation and all this other stuff, and by the time you exhaust all of this stuff, time has gone by, right? You're, you, you've spent, what, hours typing away at Facebook or something, or you've, you've gone round and round and round at the dinner table, and you just wasted a whole bunch of time. So that's why you get to, the, you, you distill it down to this clarifying question, because now you're, you, now you're not talking about murder. You're not calling anybody a murderer. You're just saying, when do rights obtain? We're just talking about rights. Aren't you for rights? See, it's a more of a positive connotation. Don't you? Don't don't you protect rights? Of course, we all want to protect rights. Um, and also, it's a way that people I've found over the years when I ask them that question that are uh, pro-choicers, uh, they usually seem a bit confounded. It's a, it's a question that they don't seem well prepared to address, and so it forces it forces them to actually stop and think. And you just keep dragging them back, dragging them back. Whenever they try to go down a different path, just drag them back. Okay, but when do rights obtain? Okay, but when when do the rights obtain? You just keep asking it until you get a, a, a an answer. Um, and then I got this from John. Forwarded me the transcript of an interview from WRAL. Oh, and this is with Christy Clark. Oh, look at this. Um, oh, and look at this. Question, should North Carolina change its abortion laws? How? Oh, so this is like a, a, a candidate questionnaire. And her answer is, there should be no restrictions on abortion. Wait a minute. Hang on just one second. CharlotteObserver.com. North Carolina Republican group injects hot-button national issues. Hey, Christy Clark. There she is. The mailer says she's an anti-gun activist who supports abortion up to the moment of birth. And she says those statements have no basis in fact. Wait a minute. Your answer is there should be no restrictions on abortion. And they said you support abortion up until the moment of birth. That's what no restrictions on abortion means. And she says, no basis. In fact, if by no basis, you mean it is entirely like on all the basis. 
Like every one of the bases, the first bases, the second bases, the third bases, the home plate bases, all of it. Yeah, like a, it's like a in-the-park home run for you here. What are you talking about? And then she says, I've never been anti-gun in my entire life. No, she just got koozies. So this woman's a liar, by the way. Huntersville, if you're looking at Christy Clark for your mayor, just know if you put her into that office, you have a liar as your mayor. A lie mayor is what you would have. A may liar. Maybe you want a may liar. I don't know. But you're going to get one. You put her in there. I don't know the woman. I'm just like, that's, that's, that's pretty clear. Thank you, John. I appreciate the transcript there. Her words, too. It can't, it, and she posted it on her own website. I'm not making that up. I don't make anything up. I come to you. I got all this up. By the way, I post I post all of my show prep on my Patreon page. So you can see everything that I'm talking about here. It's all linked up there for free. It's You just go there. It's just all linked there. Did you see the story about the uh, Carowinds, the parent company, Cedar Fair? They sell um, trees of a particular kind only. But... Um, they, uh, that's the parent company, and they are merging with Texas-based Six Flags. So I think they're called, they're, they called Six Fairs or Cedar Flags. I don't know. you got a couple possibilities there. They're going to move their headquarters to Charlotte. The combined company will have 27 amusement parks, says the Charlotte Ledger, 15 water parks as well, nine resort properties across 17 states in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. That's pretty awesome. Oh, it is. I got a great idea for them, too. I don't know where the corporate headquarters are going to be. Is it going to be, is it going to be at Carowinds? Like someplace at or near the theme park? Or are they going to go like Uptown Charlotte? Or are they going to go to like Rock Hill or something? I don't know. Or Tika K, maybe. Not sure. But um, I've got an idea. You could do... Um, you could do some sort of almost like a haunted house because I know Scarewinds is always a huge deal, you know. But um, but you could do like a haunted house, but uh, uh, in the parking lot. You do it in the parking lot, and uh, you ba- you call it like the gauntlet or something, and you just run through and try not to get beat up. I gotta I gotta, I gotta flesh out the details a little bit, but that's look, I'm just spitballing here. There are no bad ideas under the cone of creativity, as I always say. All right. Also, you could run around and just, like, loosen the bolts on one ride. But don't tell anybody what ride. Huh? <laughs> Scary stuff, right? Okay, just ideas. Just spitballing. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Brett Winterbull's up next. Don't break anything while I'm gone.